0: All right, so Derek Chauvin, sentenced on Friday. He's getting 22 and a half years. Um, This is great. This is good news, right? This is progress. Uh, It's still the exception and not the rule. That's true. And I think that with any progress that we make as a society it's not something that we can just simply relax and say, oh, we've accomplished our goal. Because we clearly haven't, right? Um, Because this is the exception and not the rule. And you want to get this to the point where it's the rule and not the exception, right? The idea of the American meritocracy and American exceptionalism, is largely predicated on everyone being treated the same, justice being blind in terms of the law enforcement. No one is above the law. Now, that's clearly not the case. Unfortunately, in America, it's a situation where you've got, you know, not so much w- different rules, but different application of the rules depending upon... Your status in society. If you're wealthy, it, it, it's going to be a, your your outcomes are oftentimes a little bit different than if you're not. Um, you can afford better representation. You can afford representation at all. Makes a big difference in outcomes, right? Because then you can actually afford to go to trial. A lot of defendants can't afford to go to trial right they cop a plea deal so again this is progress but you can't relax you don't want to, you don't want this to be a situation as is often the case when we make progress as a society people relax and those countervailing forces that are opposed to whatever progress you've made, begin to chip away at whatever gains you've made. So it's, you know, one step forward and two steps back. So don't relax, keep pressing forward, but acknowledge the progress that we've made. And this is good. It's a good start. Now, on the flip side, we've got a problem. Um, A survey the New York Times has an article where they did they conducted a survey of 200 police departments across the nation and compared to this time last year you've got 45% more retirements and about 20% more resignations we could say well part of that's probably due to the pandemic could be But at least from the anecdotal evidence, a lot of these officers are saying, we just can't mentally take the harassment um, that we're getting from the community. Is it justified? Um, Look, we've got a problem in law enforcement. I've been my entire life. (laughs) one of the biggest critics of law enforcement and saying that police officers have way too much power. And it's true. But you have to ask the question, is that necessarily the fault of the police officers? Because oftentimes too much responsibility is put into their laps. So partly this is the responsibility of legislators and police administrations, law enforcement administration. And so absolutely we need to make reforms, but to, to to villainize all police officers. There's an account in this article by a gay police officer, Officer Rose, who had enough, she quit. And the reason why she quit is because she was being harassed by protesters as a traitor and being spit on. Now, help me out here. Is Isn't part of the problem? Is it part of the criticism by progressives that police officers more often than not don't reflect the communities in which they're policing? Okay, so what's the solution to that? Diversify the police force? Okay, so here that's that's happened, uh, at least partially, right? There's been an attempt made, and this is how she's treated? I, I, I'm, I'm confused, because that doesn't make sense. You're, it seems like the police department in this case is making an attempt to accommodate that criticism and saying, okay, let's, let's address that. Let's, let's try to diversify the police force. Well, now that's not enough. And, you know, you've got people like Representative Rashida Tlaib uh, from the 13th district in Michigan. This is her on Twitter, quote, no more policing, incarceration and militarization it can't be reformed well if this is going to be your attitude then yeah it doesn't make a difference if you have officers like officer rose policing you've moved the goalpost now it's no longer well we don't we want officers that reflect the communities that they police now it's we don't want any officers at all Um, okay. So if you're, if you're looking to get crushed in the midterms, this is the right tactic. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I'm sorry. We just don't live in a utopian society. What do you do with people like Officer Chauvin? You can't simultaneously say, um, the arrest and conviction and sentencing of officer Chauvin is a good thing. And at the same time say, no more policing or incarceration. What? (laughs) How do you reconcile those two things? That doesn't make sense. You can't have it both ways. If you you wanna reform the justice system, I'm 100% behind you. If you wanna say police officers have too much responsibility, I'm 100% behind you. Yes, put more money into mental health. Yes, put more money into um, vulnerable communities to try to uplift them economically so that they don't feel so desperate that they have to resort to crime. you know, there was an incident, I don't know, was it a year ago where um, AOC was making the argument that, you know, poverty, there's a, there's a link between poverty and crime. That's true. I mean, that's intuitively true. Um, and then she was vilified for that and, and, you know, another House member was cursing at her. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, she's saying something that is obviously true. Now, that doesn't necessarily excuse criminal behavior, but to deny there's a link between poverty and crime, you're just not dealing with the reality, okay? But look, admitting all that still does not negate the necessity of having a police force, having incarceration for people that are sociopaths or psychopaths that are dangerous to society. People like Officer Chauvin. People like Dylan Roof. Um, what would you like to do with people like that? And if there's no policing, oh, how do you even apprehend them in the first place to do anything with them? Now, again, there are issue, issues in the justice system. There's issues in the prison system. Um, John Oliver had an episode, a segment recently on his show on HBO. I don't like John Oliver. Um, Maybe once an episode, I actually laugh at (laughs) something he says that's intentionally funny. Um, I think he's an idiot, but he'd probably agree with me and say, yeah, you're right, I am an idiot. But sometimes, you know, he's, he's got a good point. And he had a segment on the prisons in southern states like Texas that don't adequately fund something as basic as air conditioning. And, um, you know, to back that up, there was a recent article in the Texas Tribune where they talk about how 70% of the state's 100 prison facilities do not have adequate air conditioning. And that oftentimes in these prison cells, the temperature exceeds 100 degrees. Now, this is clearly, to me, cruel and unusual punishment. Um, You know, it'd be one thing, I, I still don't think it would be right, but it would be one thing if... Prosecutors, you know, as part of um, you know the case against defendants, they said, "Okay, here, here are some of the penalties for um, you know the crimes that you've committed." And in addition to that, when you are sentenced and you go to jail, you are going to have to sit in a prison cell that's one hundred fifteen degrees during the summertime. Do they say that? No. And to go back to my early earlier comment, a lot of these inmates, they didn't even go to trial. They pleaded. Did they know they were going to be subjected to this, this kind of punishment? I suspect not. I mean, like I said, first of all, even if you were above board and forthcoming and transparent about the reality of the situation, I still don't think that makes it right. But at least then the prisoners, the defendants, they're not prisoners yet, but the defendants are at least making a decision based on all of the evidence, all the facts and a full picture of what life is gonna be like if they actually plead guilty. But they're not even given that opportunity, right? And I think as a society, you have to ask yourself, what is the point of incarceration is it deterrence is it punishment because you've already taken away their freedom i mean that's the punishment right yeah. i mean that's what i've always believed you know to be incarcerated you don't have to torture somebody to punish them and and indeed We have a constitutional amendment against cruel and unusual punishment. They're still human beings. If you want them to die, well, that needs to be part of the sentencing. And is this even a crime that deserves death? Because The Texas Tribune article says, 13 men have died of heat stroke while incarcerated in Texas prisons in the last 10 years. Were these men convicted of a capital offense? Because if not, then the Texas prison system should be sued by the federal government for constitutional violations. They should be sued by the relatives of these inmates because this is not right. I'm sorry, you've already taken their freedom away. That's their punishment. They've been sequestered from society. They've been removed from society. What the hell are you doing? this is not punishment by fiat. We're supposed to have rules and guidelines. And if you're trying to cook these men and women in their cells, well, God damn it, that needs to be part of the conversation. When they go to trial or when, they, when there's a plea deal offered, you need to let them know, hey, by the way, as you sit in your cell during the summertime, we're going to do our best to make sure that you die of a heat stroke while you're in your cell. And in some of the Texas legislators on the Republican side, of course, are really blase about this. You know, and they say, hey, they're, they're prisoners. Who cares? <laughs> oh, really? So they don't have constitutional rights now? we're just going to cook prisoners regardless of their offense i mean we're not even addressing whether or not some of these prisoners may be innocent i don't even care about that because it doesn't make a difference to me whether they're innocent i mean it it does make a difference right (laughs) if someone is innocent then they shouldn't be there but even if they're guilty they're still human beings and i'm sorry cooking in your jail cell is not part of the sentence and it should not be <clears throat> all right so but here's here's another problem right so i'm 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 perfectly ha- happy to criticize people like rashida talib i think what she's saying is fucking nuts um, you know, it's utopian bullshit. We don't live in that society. I'm sorry, we just don't. Um, it would be great if we did. It would be great if, you know, if if we could isolate the chemical reaction and the brain malfunctions and correct, if we could correct psychopathy, if we could correct, um, you know, sociopaths, with, with a pill, well, that would be great. And and then yes, there would be no reason for policing and incarceration, but we, we're not there yet. And even more importantly, we live in a society that is a predatory, exploitative society. From the top to the bottom. That is what we are as Americans, unfortunately. And until that changes, I mean, yes, you're going to need policing. Yes, you're going to need incarceration. We're a violent people. That is what we are. We're a people that find it easy to dehumanize each other. That is what we are, unfortunately. Is it something that we can break? Is it a cycle that we can break? Is it something that we can get out of? I believe so, but we're talking about a process that's gonna take years because it's gonna be a reform that affects every fabric of our society, economically, socially, politically. It's, it's gonna be a massive undertaking. And it's a process that has started, right? Um, But again, it's it's an ongoing process that's going to play out over however long it takes. And until we get there, we still have vulnerable people in our society that need protection. And there is a place for good policing. Yes, there is. There is a place for... Humane incarceration. Okay? Um, but I, I'm not gonna strictly I'm not gonna criticize progressives or people that call themselves progressive <laughs> without also addressing Republicans. Um and their you know, their seeming indifference to um you know, police officers and what they go through. There are issues there. You know, Kevin McCarthy. Um, this is this is crazy to me. There was a police officer, a, and I'm I'm looking for the article. Um, where is it? Right. So there was a Capitol police officer that was actually injured injured during the January 6th uh, Capitol riot. And he's been trying to meet with uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy for a while. He finally got his meeting. And this guy and another police officer, uh, they're, they're pleading with Kevin McCarthy to publicly confront the members of the GOP that have been soft peddling what happened during the insurrection Um, you know quote I asked him Kevin McCarthy to denounce the 21 house Republicans that voted against the gold medal bill okay so this is a separate issue because there was a vote in in the house to award gold medals to the U.S. Uh, Capitol police officers that defended the Capitol on January 6, 21 House Republicans voted against it. Um, so, congressional gold medals. You want to hear some of the some of the winners of the congressional gold medals? Uh, Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer, golfers. Okay. So, you know, you, you, there can't be some sort of excuse, well, you know, this is, a, this is something that's reserved for only, you know, a lifetime of exceptional service to the country or something like that. These were just athletes, they were golfers. Um, you can appreciate what they did, you can appreciate their careers. And I'm not even saying that they shouldn't have received the gold medal but you're gonna justify giving them gold medals and not the Capitol police officers that saved your fucking life? Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten the scenes from inside the, the house chamber? Barricading the doors? Members of the GOP that, were, that have now come out and said, oh, you know, it, it was, not a big deal. Yeah, it was It was just like any other uh, Capitol tour. Yeah, members of the GOP that were on the, when it was happening, freaking out. There are pictures. We have the pictures. We have the video. <laughs> and, you know, look, it, this is a problem because Republicans like Kevin McCarthy, are put in a position where they're forced to denounce their own constituents. And they don't wanna do it. They don't wanna do it because Trump is still such a large figure in the Republican party. He may run again in 2024. And whether he does or he doesn't, he still has a lot of influence and, He's the reason, I mean, his, you know, stop the steal lie is the reason why these people did what they did on January 6th. So yeah, I can agree that Kevin McCarthy's in a tough spot, but isn't this the party that's supposed to be all for law enforcement? Isn't this the party that says blue lives matter? Kevin McCarthy won't publicly criticize his the members of his caucus that are propagating the lie that you know it wasn't an insurrection it wasn't a big deal it was a big deal people died officers were injured including this officer and it's it's gutless it's gutless to you know it's it's very convenient you're you're all for blue lives when there are left wing protesters right but all of a sudden it's right wing insurrectionists and you can't support blue lives then really is it's opportunism right i mean at least the left is you know, I mean, first of all, the the problem with the left is it, it's 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 very diverse. <laughs> I mean, it's a coalition. You've got you've got neoliberal centrists. Um, you know, you've got people like Joe Manchin, and you've got people like AOC and Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. You've got people that are far left. You know, that believe in no policing. I mean, it's a coalition, right? But the GOP is not, it's fairly monolithic. Um, they're fairly united. Uh, I mean, in the polls bear that out. But again, the problem is that when you're put in a position where you have to denounce your own constituents, that takes guts. And Kevin McCarthy just doesn't have any guts. That's the problem. So, again, it's, if you wanna criticize Rashida Tlaib, I'm right there with you. But you can't criticize her without criticizing these members of the GOP that don't have the guts just to, to stand up to their they're their own constituents. Being spit on is tough. Being called a traitor is tough, right? Like these left-wing activists were doing with this uh, gay cop. But beating a Capitol police officer with a, with, the, with a Trump flag or the American flag, which one's worse? Which one's worse?